0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.
1: The truth is liberating. It clears the air. It's beautiful when you're at a meeting and somebody suddenly says, Hey, I'm hungry. Let's go to lunch. This meeting's been going on too long. Everybody's happy because that's what they were thinking. The truth is like a breath of fresh air. Welcome
0: to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is a Christmas message. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Roland. Let's get the program off to a good start with a call that came in on our listener call in line. Hey, Roland. This is Bo from calling from Elizabeth. Um, yeah, I thought I'd leave a voicemail and ask a question. Um, my question is about uh, self consciousness. I feel a lot of the time especially when I'm in conversation or I'm with others I get very self-conscious of myself and I want to get to the place where I can just be in connection with others you know I really want that that uh, connection and I want to be focused on them and in a listening conscious mode uh so yeah I guess my question is do you have any advice for how to get out of your uh yourself and kind of more into into tune with connection with others. Thanks. That's actually a very good question because it's something that we all we all deal with. We tend to be self-conscious especially when we're young. And it's just perfectly natural that we become self-conscious especially when we become teenagers and young adults because um first of all we have a consciousness and secondly because we're born as fallen creatures. And we sense that to some extent. We sense the fact that there's something a bit um, ungraceful about the way we eat at times, and we become aware of our bodies, and we become aware of the fact that we're not perfect. And that's okay because we aren't perfect. We are fallen creatures, and so a little bit of self-consciousness is not a bad thing. And the other reason why we become self-conscious is because of other people. We're we're never self-conscious when we're around a tree or around a building or around something. But we're self-conscious when we're around people because we sense that they are looking at us. We sense they're evaluating us and so on. And we also become self-conscious around people who want something from us or who pressure us in some way or whose opinion we value too much. And here's another example. A young guy can't help but feel self-conscious around a pretty girl. He just naturally becomes self-conscious. Well, it's all very natural, and it's something that we tend to outgrow. We tend to outgrow our self-consciousness as we get older, and we become accomplished. We develop, we have a trade, we have work, And we do our work, and we become task-oriented and less self-conscious. And we also become less self-conscious as we mature, and we feel comfortable in our own skin, as the saying goes, but we still become self-conscious around people. For example, let's say there was a very fancy party, and and you had to put on very fancy clothes, and you hardly ever wore fancy clothes, and now you have fancy clothes on, and you're at the party, well, you're going to feel a bit um, feel a bit self-conscious because you're not used to that. So what I want to say, again, is that it's, it's natural to feel self-conscious when you're young, and we tend to outgrow it. So don't make too big a deal of it. And if you're unconscious, If you're self-conscious, I almost said unconscious. If you're self-conscious around a pretty girl, well, that's just the way it is. So, that's okay. That's okay. So, what is not good about being self-conscious? Well, when it's too much. When you're way too self-conscious. Or when you feel way inferior. Or when your self-consciousness really, really interferes with your ability to function. When we become self-conscious then. It can interfere with our performance. When you're playing tennis or you're playing darts or you're playing whatever game you're playing, sometimes your opponent will try to make you self-conscious because it tends to interfere with, your, with the flow of your natural movement. And when you're self-conscious, it tends to interfere with the flow of natural um, speech, and it interferes with the flow of natural, of natural grace. So self-consciousness, being self-conscious when we're kids, yeah. When you're a teenager, yeah, definitely. When you're a young adult, sure. But as time goes by, you have to overcome it. So what to watch out for? Watch out for resentment. I mean, I always talk about resentment, but just watch out for resentment. If you're around somebody and they make you feel a little bit embarrassed, then just see the embarrassment, but don't, don't resent don't resent the person, and don't resent feeling embarrassed. If you become a little tongue-tied, just see that you're a little tongue-tied and say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time expressing myself. If you have to go and talk to somebody, and then it's a boss or something, or and then you feel yourself a little tongue-tied and say, hey, when I was a kid, you know, my mom yelled at me, and so it's hard for me to express myself whenever there's an authority there. And just, you know, like that. And you may not have to reveal yourself. That may not always be the right thing to do a little bit self-conscious in front of the boss, or a little self-conscious when you're going to give a speech, it's perfectly natural. That's just the way we humans are. And you tend to outgrow it. So don't make too big a deal of it. Don't focus on it too much. Just notice that you are, and just keep going about your life.
0: Roland talks about Christianity in a common-sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. We find your zest for discovery and adventure. Keep listening to Shedding Shackles.
1: And if you, like I said, you get a little tongue-tied, then just say, hey, I'm sorry, I got a little tongue-tied, and then try again and don't try too hard. That's the other thing, trying too hard. Don't try to make an impression on other people. Don't try to please other people. Don't try to prove something to other people. Just just be yourself. Be natural. Do your job. Do your duty. Be a student. You know, take the test. Give the speech. Do the job. Whatever it is, do the best you can, and then if you can't do any better, then don't worry about it. Just say, hey, I'm doing the best I can. So don't make too much of it. It's one thing to be embarrassed. Don't resent the embarrassment. You see a little bit emotion coming up, see the emotion, don't resent it. Don't become angry at your anger. Don't become in embarrassed by your embarrassment. Don't become angry at the fact that you're tongue-tied. Just see it, just notice it, and you'll be fine. And then sometimes we're we're a bit self-conscious because we haven't done something very much. You know, the first time you fly an airplane, the first time you drive a car, the first time you ride a bicycle, the first time you go dancing, yeah, maybe a little embarrassment, okay, a little self-consciousness, sure, no big deal. But then later, when you become an airline pilot and you've flown an airplane, thousands of hours, then there's no more self-consciousness. It's a good question because don't make too big a deal of it. If you're a little self-conscious, don't worry about it. See, don't add worry to the self-consciousness. It's just the way, we that's the way we humans are. And some situations will make you self-conscious, and it's probably because of something from your past. You know, you're around somebody that reminds you of your mom or a boss you had or of some... Other kid who was super good at sports and you weren't, and around him you felt embarrassed or self conscious. And then you meet somebody that's just like him, and then you just notice that. That's all. Just see, just be aware of it and realize that everybody has that same kind of feeling from time to time. And, and it's not that big a deal. Don't let it interfere with, with your life. Just do things. Just keep doing things. Be with people and work have recreation, have hobbies, just do things with people. Now, I wanted to say something else. Apparently, a football coach just died recently. I don't even know his name, but they were talking about him once on all of the sports radio um, stations. They were talking about him. And they said that he was such a great guy because he was so natural and so easy to be around and so honest, and everybody liked him. Nobody didn't like him, and everybody wanted to be around him. See? So what is it that we like about people? We like them when they're spontaneous, when they're natural, when they're just themselves, see, when they're accessible, when they're approachable. People love Pavarotti. He was a great he was a great opera singer, but he was approachable. See what I mean? People love Johnny Carson because you see he was kind of shy. Did you know that? When you watch the old Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, you could see he was always fidgeting and rubbing his eye and this and that. But he he had a a humility about him that was that was uh, that was endearing. So basically, all you have to do is just be yourself. You have your own wonderful personality. Just be yourself whatever that is and be around people if you have friends, then be around your friends. And don't try to force yourself to be around people that you don't want to be around. You see what I mean? So if, for example, certain people are super, super cool and you don't feel super cool, then don't think, well, I got to try to be super cool like them. And no, just just be yourself, whatever that is. And as time goes by, as you grow, as you mature, as you have your little ups and downs, as you have your little successes and failures and so on and so forth, you will find that you will outgrow just about all of the issues that you had when you were like a teenager and you were so self-conscious about this and that. You will outgrow them. And all of a sudden, haven't? don't you wonder when you see older people, they're successful and they're married and they have kids and they're good at something and all that, how did that happen? Well, they were once just like you when you were a young person. They were just like you, and then somehow their life unfolded in in a nice way. And so let your life unfold. Don't try to make anything happen. Don't be too hard on yourself. Just do your stuff. You'll be fine. Now, I want to continue with today's topic. It's actually a very good one. I want to talk about resentment and how resentment actually increases your self-consciousness. One of the reasons why we are self-conscious, over and above just the simple natural self-conscious when we're kids and teenagers and so forth, but one of the reasons why we become self-conscious is because we feel wrong or inferior. So, when you become resentful because resentment is wrong. Resentment is a wrong reaction. We all know that someone who's resentful is kind of a sore loser. We, we know that. We admire people who can lose with grace and dignity. Now, nobody likes a sore loser. Well, the resentful person is basically a sore loser. That if you look carefully at the way most people are in life, they go around and they secretly resent this and they secretly resent that. And so, at a subtle level, they may hide it. They smile. You you don't see it. But underneath, they're a sore loser. Well, a sore loser feels wrong. And so, resentment will increase your self-consciousness because you are increasingly wrong. You understand, but in this in the in in this case, though the self consciousness can work for good. What does it say in the Bible that all things work for good for those who love the Lord? Well, if you love God, if you basically deep down love the truth, you don't like to see your, your mistakes, but yeah, you admit them, and you want to be a better person. You really do. So you feel embarrassed about your own resentment you feel uneasy about your own resentment that's okay because you're actually sensing the truth you you did fall you did fail you did go down a notch when you became resentful you see but now seeing it now listen when you see your resent that you were resentful you feel a little embarrassed about it just watch it and by watching it you are once again aligning yourself with what's right by watching it and not resenting seeing it. See, don't resent seeing it. Don't resent the light that's showing you. Don't resent yourself for having failed. Don't resent the other person for tripping you up. Just see it and in the light, seeing it and not reacting again, not resenting again, you are now upgraded a notch.
0: This is Jeremiah Trujillo. This holiday season, here's a reminder to be thankful for the present. Avoid spending too much time planning the future and don't dwell in the past either. Instead, be grateful for those that are around you and take time to appreciate your loved ones and tell them how much you care for them. We at Shedding Shackles wish you a very Merry Christmas.
1: And all you have to do in these little moments when you see your own wrong, just see it. You're seeing it in God's light. And God's light has the power to make you right. God's light has the power to make you right. As long as you don't mess with it interfere with it try to make yourself right resent seeing something in the light just see in the light and you're upgraded it's very beautiful now the other thing i wanted to mention again is that is pressure you parents you educators when you pressure your kids to be ambitious pressure them to be good Pressure them to be right, pressure them to work harder, study harder, get better grades. See, when you pressure them, then what you do is you make them feel how can I say this? You make them feel wrong, but it's not a true wrong. It's not like sensing something wrong in the light of your conscience, it's like a false wrong. See, Let's say a child is a little bit selfish. Okay, we're all selfish when we're little kids. We're all selfish, but we're also altruistic when we're little kids. But we are a little selfish. And sometimes the selfishness, you know what it is, It's not really being selfish. It's just a natural, a child is naturally trying to defend itself. The child is being accused of something. The child sees some injustice. Another kid is being treated better. Another kid is getting more than he did. And so the child tries to get his own Hey give me more. You gave him more, give me more. It sounds selfish, but he's just defending his own rights. You see what I mean? But when you try to make the child feel wrong and pressure the child, what you're tempting the child to do is to rebel, to either conform to your pressure or to rebel against your pressure. You see what I mean? But that pressure makes the child feel self-conscious because, A, you've made him feel wrong, and in the child's eyes, for example, the parent kind of stands in for God, especially Father. And so the child sees in your eyes that you are rejecting the child or that you you are severely judging the child. When it sees that, it feels wrong, and feeling wrong makes it feel self, the child feel self-conscious. But it's not a good self-consciousness. It's one that you're imposing upon it, and it makes the child feel wrong. See? And then the other pressure is not letting the child express itself. Another pressure is shutting the child up, telling the child, Stop and listen to me. Don't talk. Quiet. When the child can't express itself, See, Or when the child starts to say something and it sees a mean look in your eye, an angry look in your eye, when it sees your impatience, the child starts to speak and it sees your impatience. Don't forget you're the parent. The child looks to you. You stand in for God in the eyes of the child. It makes the child feel very uneasy and difficult to express itself because it becomes the child becomes afraid that when it says something, you're going to not like it, you're going to be angry at the child and and so it's afraid of the anger, and then what will happen is the child will begin to have to not be able to express itself very well. See, a lot of you don't know, probably none of some of you know because you can hear it. But most of you are not aware of the fact that I'm a stutterer. That's right. I'm a stutterer. And I still stutter. Now, at my age, I'm in my 70s, I still stutter when I try to express myself. When it just flows out, even then sometimes, there's a little bit of a stutter because I'm trying to find just the right way of saying something. But other times, I find myself stuttering because I'm, I'm adding a little bit of energy to it. I'm having to try. And, when, and it goes way back to when I was a little tiny child, and I wasn't allowed to talk, and I wasn't allowed to speak the truth, and I couldn't say what I saw, and I had to not make her angry. See, I didn't want to see the awful impatience in the authority's face, and I, and I struggled to express myself, and I didn't know quite how to say what I wanted to say, and so I stuttered. So now I still stutter, not so much, but The reason I say it is twofold. Number one, I want you parents to realize just how devastating pressure is. Instead of pressure, have love and patience. Okay. Number two, I want everybody to see that you can outgrow most of the self consciousness you outgrow. Number three, I want you to see that resentment that's the one you got to watch out for. That's what you have control over. You may not have control over the fact that you're tongue tied or that you stutter, or that you feel embarrassed, or that you feel inferior. You may not have control over that, but you do have control over your resentment. And amazingly, when you let go of the resentment, immediately you're upgraded. And you know what? God's light has the power to solve so many of these little issues. And sometimes just not resenting, not Being tense, not struggling is enough, and then the natural flow is there. And finally, I want you to see that if you get a little tongue-tied, okay. If you stutter a little bit, okay. If you have a little speech thing, okay. You can still be a success. And finally, I want to reiterate what I said earlier. Don't try too hard. Whatever issue you're struggling with, just watch it. Just notice there's something. Notice you'd like to do something and go about your life. But when you struggle with effort and will, it gets in God's way. So have faith. Get out of his way. Be patient with others. And then you'll be able to be patient with yourself and allow God to work his wonders in your life. Maybe one day you'll wake up and your issue will be gone, like magic. It's God's wonderful way. Hi, everyone. This is Roland, and I wanted to take advantage of these last couple of minutes that I have with you to talk about a couple of things that um, come to mind. This morning, I was reading a physics book, and I read how gravity spontaneously spins into constructs. and i I thought about that, and I suddenly realized something about magnetism. And then I also realized that that's what the leaves do. Have you ever noticed in the fall when there are a lot of leaves laying around and the wind blows, they spontaneously start to swirl around? Have you noticed that? It's just beautiful. But the main thing that I realized this morning is that the truth is like a breath of fresh air. The truth is liberating. The truth is liberating. It clears the air It's beautiful when you're at a meeting and somebody suddenly says, hey, I'm hungry, let's go to lunch. This meeting's been going on too long. Everybody's happy because that's what they were thinking. The truth is like a breath of fresh air. So, in this little time and space that we have before Christmas and on Christmas, I want to share something with you that just came to my mind this morning when I was thinking about how truth is liberating. I want to tell you about a book that I co-authored several years ago. It's called Mike's Story, How I Overcame Depression, Bipolar, OCD, Anxiety, and Other Issues Without Drugs. Mike's Story. I co-authored it with uh, another author. And I want to read you the back cover. I want to tell you about this book because it's liberating. I said in today's program that we outgrow so many issues— When we're kids, we have all kinds of issues. And when we're teens, we have issues. And even, yeah, when we're young adults, we have issues. And you know what? A lot of people, most people, almost everyone, outgrows them. To me, that's a liberating insight. Now, I want to read you something from the back cover of this book called Mike's Story. It's available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback. Here's the back cover of Mike's Story. Mike's story, How I Overcame Depression, Bipolar, OCD, Anxiety, and Other Issues Without Drugs. That's the title. Mike's story is the powerful personal testimony of someone who overcame mental health and other issues and went on to enjoy a successful, productive life. Mike tells you about his childhood, the traumas, the obsessions, the compulsions, his shyness, and bipolar. Mike tells you about his 20s. The Depression, the Doubts and Fears. You will hear him talk about how a couple of television shows helped him get through. You'll find out what the Zen Master said. You'll read about Mike's close call with Dr. Ruff Handling. Mike loves to philosophize about life and love, and he likes Frank Sinatra too. For each stage of his life, he reveals how he moved on and left the issues behind. Mike saves the best for last, how he found his spiritual roots with the help of meditation, a change of heart, and a hug and a kick in the pants from God. Merry Christmas, everybody. Keep listening to the program and call the listener call in line. Leave a question. Maybe I'll answer your question on the air. Until next time, Lord willing, and a Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.